Attorney, Fox News legal analyst, and two-time New York Times best-selling author. This is The Brief with Greg Jarrett. Experts say that China is hoarding a massive amount of food. They will soon have over half the world's wheat. What does this mean for you and me? Two words, food shortages. That's why you should stock up on the best-selling Four Patriots Survival Food. Create your own stockpile by using the code GREG, G-R-E-G-G. Four Patriots Survival Food is hand-packed in the USA with different delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, and their five-star reviews on the website rave about the flavor and taste. Just go to fourpatriots.com and use the code G-R-E-G-G to get 10% off your first purchase of Four Patriots Survival Food. That's fourpatriots.com. Use the code GREG, G-R-E-G-G. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Brief. My friend and colleague Jason Chaffetz has a new book out. It's titled The Puppeteers, The People Who Control the People Who Control America. It's all about the unelected power brokers, the folks who pull the strings. They write the rules, and their goal is to prevent election results from threatening the left's agenda. Jason, of course, knows a thing or two about government misfeasance, malfeasance, and corruption. He served several terms in U.S. Congress and was chairman of the House Committee on Oversight and Government Reform. He is a Fox News contributor. And Jason, thanks for being here on The Brief, and congratulations on your new book. Oh, thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. You know, when I saw the title, my mind immediately goes to Joe Biden, who is the ultimate marionette or puppet, Uh, and you know, just about everybody knows it. You can go online, you can actually buy, uh, Joe Biden, uh, puppet, uh, figureheads. You can buy uh, t-shirts with Joe Biden posing as, as a marionette with strings above. And the question is who's, who's pulling the strings. Um, but you know, it strikes me and, you know, his diminished mental acuity is so severe and on display every time he appears in public and opens his mouth. Um, he appears to be president in name only. And I mean, he talks about, oh, I, I'm not supposed to answer questions. They told me back there, I, I just come out. And so it really makes you wonder, you know, is, is the president of the United States the ultimate puppet? Yeah, I mean, the, the argument in the puppeteers is that, uh, yes, I mean, the, the, the research that I started back when Joe Biden was elected, because I thought his cognitive capability is diminished, but the, the apparatus that's been set up around him and Kamala Harris, quite frankly, is, is such that not only is it the administrative bureaucratic state, but what I try to do in puppeteers is to illuminate by naming names and following the money. And so you start to hear stories about people you haven't read a whole lot about. Um, Brian Deese, for instance, um, and, and Susan Rice and uh, Larry Fink and these types of people 
that aren't household names that you hear about every time, but boy, they control a lot of money and a lot of effort. And and these are the people. And then if you follow the money, then you really start to understand how things are done in Washington and consequently America. So when you followed the money, what did you find out? Um, it's, it's stunning how much there is. I think the biggest uh, surprise that I found in my research along the way is when I, I tapped into the state um, – uh, uh, financial officers or the state um, treasurers, we actually got our hands on a document, and it's called from the state uh, Democratic State Gov- uh, State Treasurers Association, and it's called the Corporate Benefits Package, and you can pay fifty or a hundred thousand dollars, and by doing so, you go to attend a couple of events and sit by these state treasurers. Well, they tout all the Democratic states that are run by the Democrats that have state treasurer titles next to them. And they control $2.5 trillion, trillion. And what it says in there, because they in charge of retirement funds and teachers retirement funds, California alone, that's uh, $750 billion, just California. And what they say boldly is it doesn't matter who's elected president. It doesn't matter who's elected to Congress. We are the front line to implement, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and environmental social governance, ESG. ESG. So those are the people that really pull the strings. And it and they basically say, we're going to go in company by company and hand in glove with BlackRock, and we're going to go in and force these companies to do what we want them to do. And that's that's pretty scary stuff. So in other words, the immense financial power, two trillion collectively, of state treasurers is yeah. being exploited to enforce a woke agenda? Yeah. They don't need the Green New Deal. That's their argument. We don't need it. We don't need Congress to pass. It doesn't matter. So for instance, um, you have a BlackRock instituting a strategy not to maximize your return on investment, but to maximize the return for stakeholders. They change the name, right? They use a, a nice little name of stakeholders. Well, what are stakeholders? They're, they're not the average investor. The stakeholders, uh, they, um, BlackRock owns, for instance, 98.5% of the S&P companies. BlackRock owns at least 5%. And so what they do is they take your retirement funds, your 401k that might be managed by them, and they take those votes as proxy votes. And that's how they change the board of board of directors. That's how they change the the resolutions. And I list the numbers. I don't have it right in front of me, but it's there are literally thousands of these types of things going on in companies all over. And I illustrate, I did get one of these companies. They had to remain anonymous, but I got them to explain how they have to play off of BlackRock and and the state treasurers in order to keep them because they own such a major share of their company. Right, right. So it's beyond sort of diversity, equity, and so forth. Pensions, which you know, amount to so much money in America, they're being used to pay for other things like a climate agenda, right? Exactly. And then what they did, like, I, I, the reason Brian Deese is an important name here, when the Trump administration was in, was in place, Larry Kudlow, who had decades of financial experience in the economy, 
was the chief economic advisor for President Trump. Joe Biden comes in and he puts in Brian Deese. Brian Deese is a former climate activist. He worked for BlackRock. And that was the chief economic. It wasn't about bettering the economy and getting the economy back on track. It was about DEI and ESG. That's what he was there for. He left recently, but that's that's what he was there to do. So, so Joe Biden just takes his marching orders from these people and does whatever they say. Yeah. One of the other very scary things that I found in here, Greg, was Executive Order 14019. In March, after Joe Biden takes office, he implements this executive order and it directs all of the federal government's uh, departments and agencies, which is about 600, to develop plans to get out the vote. And all of that funneled up through Susan Rice, who was the domestic policy advisor. Mm -hmm. The problem is these get out the vote efforts. And it says that there is participation by non-government organizations that are, quote unquote, approved. I read that is for the Democratic base using all of the physical facilities and federal employees, of which there's more than two million in order to get out the vote. Well, People wanted to see what those reports said and what the directive was from the government to participate in the election. The president is claiming executive privilege. It's tied up in the courts. The Freedom of Information Act is not moving, uh, request is not moving forward. But it's, as you know, Greg, part of the last resort to say the president is invoking executive privilege. They really don't want us to see that. And why is Susan Rice so heavily involved in that? She just left on May 26th, but they have implemented this. I think their game plan is already in place for 2024. So is part of this sort of a secret federal ballot harvesting operation? It's secret right now. You can make that argument, whether it's ballot harvesting, get out the vote. Um, Do you know what an incredible asset it is to have physical facilities and millions of people who are authorized on federal taxpayer dollars to go out and work this? And I show the numbers in many departments and agencies, more than 90, if they've made financial donations to a political candidate, it's 95% of them. In some departments and agencies, it's 100%. Um, And so what do you think they're going to do? The, the Democrats know that if they can leverage that and get those people out to vote, use the physical facilities, use them on taxpayers' dime, they have a, a, an unmatched campaign team that, can, that the Republicans can never compete against. You, you also, there's another aspect to this. You bring up so-called slush funds, whereby government agencies are funding their political causes under the pretext of discrimination? Yes, this happened um, in the Obama administration. We held hearings about it when I was on the House Judiciary Committee. When when, uh, Donald Trump was in office, he put an end to it. But on day one, Joe Biden re-implemented it. And it works like this. A regulatory agency can come into a company or an organization and say, You've been discriminating or you've been doing this wrong. But you know what? We won't sue you as long as you you don't you don't claim any liability. You, you there's no wrongdoing. But you send us this amount of money to the treasury and then you send another amount of money to our pre-approved list of non-government organizations that will help you with this. So for instance, um, you can go into an oil company or the financial services sector, and they may have to pay $20 million, 
but then they have to give 50 million to pay off to these non-government organizations. They say, don't worry about it. It won't show up in the government books. It's just a business expense to you. And then we'll let you off the hook. Right. So there is hundreds of billions of dollars that have flowed through and it never shows up on the books. It's extortion. Exactly what I was about to say. This is extortion under threat. If you want to endure a nightmare of the government all over you like a rash, uh, you can do that and it'll cost you, but it'd be a whole lot easier if you just give loads of money to these designated sources that we, we control, we dictate, right? Yeah. They're supposedly arm's length, but these are their friends. These are their, again, I think these are the puppeteers. These are the people who control these strings. Department of Justice, um, the EPA, the Securities and Exchange Commission, and the worst is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which, Greg, I I have to highlight them because when the Democrats set up the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, it's not under the guise of being funded by Congress. It's set up under the Federal Reserve. They, they aren't subject to congressional oversight, appropriations, or subpoenas. Very clever. You know, um, elected officials have become mere figureheads, you write. And the levers of power are controlled by the B-team, which right. I thought was a pretty good uh, descriptive phrase. But these, the B-team members operate in the shadows, don't they? Yeah, and they're pretty brazen about it at this point. Um, I tell a very quick story. It's kind of a legendary story. Um, and that is, member of Congress goes to meet with the cabinet secretary. Cabinet secretary is not there, but the senior staff's there. And uh, member of Congress is leaving. He's like, I'm not meeting with the B team. I wanted to meet with the cabinet secretary. They finally calm the member of Congress down and the senior staff says, it's true, sir. We, we are the B team. We be here before you. We be here after you. And we be the ones to actually make the decisions. (laughs) So you're meeting with the right people. And I'm just telling you, Greg, having been there, that is so true. That is brazen. Um, And, you know, they know it. And they are able to force people to capitulate. Is the federal workforce being purged of people who have uh, conservative views? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, I do believe in term limits for members of Congress, but there should be term limits for the political appointees and the senior staff. I'm not talking about your rank and file person who you know, as a letter carrier or, you know, works at the Social Security Administration. That, that's not what I'm talking about. But as, as the puppeteers points out in the book, there is a concerted effort to root out anybody who doesn't get in line with their DEI, ESG um, activities and their belief set. And that purge has been going on for some time. And they're very clever on how they do it. Um, but it repels a lot of people who might be more conservative in their approach. And the consequences, we have these 2.2 million plus federal employees that are, are so woke and so lopsided in terms of their political beliefs. Diversity is not something they believe in. You know, uh, we have a uh, former president under criminal indictment 
by his political opponent's Department of Justice, that in and of itself is deeply disturbing. Um, but at the same time, you know, as I've argued many times, you know, the, that same Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, the attorney general and the FBI seem to be running a protection racket uh, for their boss, the president of the United States, Joe Biden. And in your book, you point out that 200 Biden cronies used a teacher's union to import millions of dollars of counterfeit equipment from China. Tell us about that. Yeah, add this to the list of uh, things that make you go, hmm, uh, because uh, at Rosemont Seneca, which couldn't be too big of an organization, Hunter Biden, there were two people that left that organization, formed an LLC, and then Randy Weingarten, who runs the, the teachers union, she's got about $300 million annually at her disposal. Um, she decides not only to go to Ukraine and why the teachers union president goes there, I, I, the members are going to have to ask her that, but she decides that she wants to go out and buy some personal protective equipment. Somehow Hunter Biden's involved. I make no allegation, have no evidence that Hunter Biden or the Bidens profited personally. But coincidentally, um, this uh, acquisition of this $3 million of PPE flows through these former Rosemont Seneca uh, people conveniently. And evidently, the, the equipment they bought out of China, oh, it's China again, here we go. Uh, the stuff we bought out of China, they bought out of China. Uh, was counterfeit and it was bogus. And I, where all that money goes and how it flowed, I mean, added again to the list that somehow involves Hunter Biden. You know, the Chinese are are the best at stealing intellectual property and counterfeiting everything from books, including my first book, The Russia Hoax. They counterfeited that and sold it through Amazon. Um, untold loss to myself. Um, and they did it repeatedly. Every time our lawyer would send them a cease and desist at Amazon, they'd shut it down. And then the identical book, again, Chinese made counterfeit, would reappear weeks later under a completely different name of a company that doesn't even exist. Uh, and you know, I mean, and under our law, Amazon's protected, uh, you know, from it's been litigated in a bunch of cases and the federal courts have said, sorry, you can't sue Amazon for selling counterfeit material, even though they know it's counterfeit. And they make, you know, billions of dollars selling Chinese counterfeit stuff. I digress. You were mentioning the teachers union and the power wielded by that. It's also used to uh, force down the throats of schools, partisan curriculum. Yeah, the, one of the scariest things foreshadowing, really, um, and if you look at what Gavin Newsom in California is doing by the tens of millions of dollars, is what they call community schools. And in The Puppeteers, I think this is one of the more important parts of the book, because if we don't get ahead of this and understand it, it sounds sweet and nice, right, Greg? Hey, let's have community schools. How nice is that? But this is a diversion. What they've done is they've set up a way where all these kids can come into a quote-unquote community school. 
And they want to control the whole of student from top to bottom for every aspect of their lives, from their haircut to their clothing to what they're being educated and taught. They give them computers. But what we illuminate is that these computers generate data. And the teachers unions believe that they can um, monetize that and sell that data in order to perpetuate this model moving forward. So it's a money-making opportunity. It's a way to indoctrinate and and push their political um, belief system upon our youth. And, And California is on fire starting to move these forward. And it's their way to sort of counter school choice, to counter um, uh, charter schools. That's the buzzword and the details are in the puppeteers. It's people need to be aware of this. It's, it's scary stuff. Well, I think people need to read the book, the puppeteers, the people who control the people who control America. Um, you know, the, the title sort of tells it all, but for details, you got to go get the book. It's uh, available what? Online at Barnes and Noble, Amazon.com. Is it in bookstores yet? Yeah, and I recorded the audio. So if you do audiobooks or haven't done one before, I, I do it in my own voice. Um, it's It's been out uh, a short amount of time, and Amazon kind of sold out of it. It's on back order a little bit, but hang in there. They'll get it back in pretty quick. It'll be a few days, but they'll get it. Okay. Jason Chaffetz, uh, author of the new book, The Puppeteers. Go out and get it now. Thanks for being with us, and and thank you for your hard work in exposing this. Oh, great. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, you write some of the best books. I love them, and uh, I hope I'm following in your footsteps. So thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> My guest has been Jason Chaffetz. Uh, he was a former uh, member of Congress. He was chairman of the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee and the author of the new book, The Puppeteers, The People Who Control the People Who Control America. Thanks very much for listening. I'm Greg Jarrett. This is The Brief.